On this week's episode of Destination Linux, we're going to be talking about our favorite tech of 2023. And this is going to be basically a gift guide for the holidays. So if you are looking to get someone a gift, and I mean someone else a gift, don't be selfish. Share the wealth or right. gifts in this case, I suppose. You can be wanting to check out this episode for sure because we have a lot to go through. So welcome to episode 350 of Destination Linux, your favorite video podcast. My name is Michael. I'm Jill. And I'm Ryan. And we're also going to be covering EFF's proposal for comprehensive privacy laws. Does it go too far or not far enough? Now let's get this show on the road toward Destination Linux. So our community feedback comes from someone. I forgot their name. <laughs> it's silly. Uh, it doesn't matter. Let's get into what their feedback was. Love Jill, like Michael, and there's another fellow. Name escapes me just now. Oh, <clears throat> okay. So I see what you did there. Here's an odd request for you. Can I ask you to give a little shout out? No, you can't. Next. Nah. All right, let's go into the main <laughs> segment. That was an interesting piece of yeah. feedback. Yeah, there it is. The answer is no, whoever you're asking. Let's, let's see what he's asking. Can can I ask you to give a little shout out to the team at Full Circle Magazine? This is a unofficial Ubuntu magazine, by the way. Uh, Full Circle Maz Magazine in December, they're going to release their 200th issue of their magazine. They've been pushing out an issue each month since June of 2007. Mm-hmm. And for an all-volunteer crew to reach such a milestone is, I think, worthy of note. And no, I'm not associated with them in any way other than as a reader. That's surprising. I'm shocked you can read, honestly. So that's news. Uh, thanks, team. <laughs> Appreciate it. And should the question ever arise, the correct answer is muffins. Oh, uh, Michael. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> And apart from loving Jill, liking Michael, and still not being able to just, recall the other bloke's name. Just liking? Yeah, right? Like, they're just throwing a lot of heat, I, mean, I feel on. like. A lot of heat. A lot of heat. I'm feeling burning heat right mm -hmm, now. Mm -hmm. And apart from loving Jill, liking Michael, and still not being able to recall the other bloke's name, I really enjoy the video version of your show. I watched several DL 1.0, missed a few, then got back into it early in DL 4.0 and have been a regular ever since. Do we have versions numbers yeah, of our show? We do have That's what's great is that I knew you had no idea yeah. because I, I created this like versioning history system based oh. on when the eras of when hosts were here. So like when a host leaves, it's a new era, a new, new version. Gotcha. And then that, that when we added a new host or something like that, I, we've, we have, I think we're on 8.0 right now. By the way, the person you forgot is the longest lasting host on this entire show. I've That's done more true. episodes yes. and have been involved with DL longer than anyone else, including <laughs> the originals. So, you know, first of all, Tommy, it would have taken you all of 10 seconds to <laughs> research my name. Uh, hey, I'm not surprised. The, is, is the guy's name Tommy? Is that what you said? That's what I don't know. Who knows? I forgot. You know, <laughs> oh boy. I forgot. Uh, I'm not surprised since you prefer muffins over cupcakes. And, uh, you know, your whole email reads how to say I wear Crocs without saying I wear Crocs. That's all I'm going to say for the rest of it. <laughs> but uh, it is an awesome milestone, the Full Circle magazine. Uh, is, really proud awesome of them. Mom. Really glad uh, Tommy brought that up to us because it's not easy, truly, to start a project 
mm-hmm. uh, and stick with it that long. Like starting a project is one thing. Hey, I'm going to start a blog. I'm going to start a podcast and all that. Michael and I have kind of dealt with this too. There's a lot of people who are super eager to start a podcast, but once you start having to do episode after episode, once your initial five ideas are gone, it starts yeah. to become really, really difficult to keep yeah. that work up. And then you have people coming and going and, and life changes happen. And so that's happened to us multiple times where people's lives have changed and they can't no longer host with us. And, you know, then you have to kind of change the format of the show. And there's a lot of things and a lot of people throw in the towel when it gets tough. But Full Circle Magazine obviously has stuck in there. Uh, they do some great writing. Really proud of that team there. And since 2007, amazing milestone. Yeah, so awesome. if you don't know about them, go check out fullcirclemagazine.org. Yeah, I've actually been enjoying reading Full Circle over the years, these many years, actually. I, I remember it from years ago. And I actually regularly listen to the Full Circle Weekly News podcast on Spotify because it's just just a nice little 10-minute yeah. Um, 10 minute quickie on the Linux news of the week. It's really nice. Nice. Very cool. And thank you, Tommy, or should I say, I'm not sure. Michael thinks it might be Bruce <laughs> for writing in. I mean, it's I refuse to Wait, put it in the email. Thank you, Bruce, for sending <laughs> in your feedback. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you for your kind words, Bruce. I know your name. Yeah, we appreciate it, Sam. And if you want to send... <laughs> If you want to send in your feedback, you can ask the community a question. You can ask us a question. You can leave your comments <laughs> at tuxdigital.com slash contact. And it's Joe, Michael, and Ryan in case you have a goldfish brain. Like Bob. Like Bob. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea to have them submit a, a question for the community question of the week. That'd be cool. Yeah. So, yeah, do that. I like that. That's cool. Do it. Chris, do that. <laughs> oh that's good this episode is brought to you by namecheap now namecheap is where we go to get all of our domains and if you know anything about michael who's responsible for our domains it's there's a lot of them there's like a lot and namecheap oh, is a fantastic place to go and get the domains you need to start your new business and start it cheaply. You can get URLs, you can do self-hosting, you can have WordPress set up for you, or you can just get the domain itself and set all that stuff up uh, elsewhere. They have all kinds of options, whether you're a blogger, small business owner, you have big dreams on the internet, well, Namecheap is the place to check out. So head to destinationlinux.net slash Namecheap to get started and check out all the options that you have for starting your next big business or even small business, or blog, or whatever it is. It's all there. Whether you have a big idea or the next big business, the price is not big at Namecheap. All right, so now for something fun to do here. I wanted to do a holiday. All, all the episodes are fun. What are you talking about? Well, this is going to be super Aww. duper, super duper fun. fun. Okay. Duper, gotcha. extra duper. That's Two duper. That's better. Okay. Super duper duper fun is a holiday gift giving guide. Because look, let's be honest. Sometimes they're really bad gift givers in your circle of friends and family members. Michael's like in my circle of, of bad gift givers. He's a terrible gift giver, mainly because he never has given me a gift. So that's one that's way. That's true. And we, also your assessment of based on that is also true. However, you've never given me a gift either. So that that's makes not you true. terrible. I gave you a mistake. No, 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 no. Giving gifts that are trolling just to mess with me, not even on a holiday, 
just troll me. He gave me a potato <laughs> head because he called me a potato one time, and all of a sudden I got a potato head. Like you were I don't, a potato I don't in a video head. game. You were terrible at the video game, so I called. But you I wasn't actually terrible at the game. I was good at the game. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. About I mean, I don't retros- what like, re- relatively speaking, you were playing too, so I was good at the game. Yeah, that's true. Was it CS:GO? Uh, Probably was CS:GO because we, we, we were te- we were both terrible. Hilariously bad at CS:GO. Uh, <laughs> in any case. The point is, you can have a bad gift giver in your circle. Oh, that's what it was. It was us shooting things. You're like, what are you shooting? A potato? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, but we're going to help you out. So this is the episode you want your spouse, your friends, whoever uh, to listen to so they can get you a really good gift. Because this is all stuff that we've personally used and bought. Now, I did this on my own channel. I have a video out there on the DOS Geek channel where I talk about all my favorite tech gear of the year. But it's going to be way more fun to do it with friends here with Jill and Michael to add in their favorite tech gear of 2023 as well. And so let's kick it off. Let's do things the right way by talking about one of my favorite purchases this year that I've made. It was one of those surprise purchases, too, because it wasn't something that I expected to be as good as the thing it was replacing. So you all know I went to the Fairphone 4, but prior to that, I had... Apple Watch and an Apple iPhone. And so I was in the Apple ecosystem. But now I needed a watch. Exactly. They could track my fitness. They could track my heart rate, doing an EKG, do all of those things because health is a really important thing to me, especially as I get older, right? I don't want to just randomly realize I have heart rhythmic issues and all that type of stuff. And this technology, these fitness trackers have saved people's lives. Multiple stories out there. Uh, about saving people's lives and how important they could be. So, of course, how good are you going to find something outside the Apple Watch? Because honestly, it sets the bar. I mean, pretty good. It's it's pretty darn good. And so I know people hate hearing that, but it's just it's, it's good. But I found one. I found one that I actually like even better. I think tell it's, us I what mean, it is already. Fine, it's a Garmin Venue. So this okay. is the Garmin Venue Three. There we go. There you go. Was I burying the lead, Michael? You were burying it quite a bit, yes. (laughs) You buried it and then put a ton of dirt on it and then decided, you know what? I need to put more, put some concrete on there. Then stepped on it with some Crocs and then stamped (laughs) it down. Yeah. Okay. And it created that little the the Croc Croc stamp of approval. (laughs) Croc pattern over top of the dirt. Uh, It's my workout partner, uh, my fitness tracker, and my, oops, I'm almost late for a meeting notifier. Uh, it really is like my personal assistant. I feel as naked leaving home without this watch as I do leaving my phone at home. Like it's become that important to me. Uh, not only does it track my fitness, but it auto tracks what muscle groups I'm working with fairly good accuracy based on the motions that I'm doing, whether I'm benching, crunches, squats, those type of things. Uh, so it's just got a lot of great technology in it, plus all of the heart tracking, monitoring, sleep tracking, and a battery that makes Apple jealous. The battery life is days, up to 12 days of battery life versus, you know, an Apple Watch. You'd be lucky to get through the day. Yeah. <laughs> a full day on an Apple Watch. Maybe one day if you're better. So this is an example. Okay, okay you can lower the per, the percentages and, and like the display and make it like barely visible and it could probably last the whole time. <laughs> probably, maybe, sort of, kind of. Maybe. So that's one of my favorite tech purchases. I didn't, I had a Garmin before. I didn't think it would be, and it wasn't as good as the Apple Watch, but it was good. But the Venue 3 is their next level AMOLED touchscreen, and it is absolutely one of my favorite pieces of tech. I had a Garmin watch before as well, and you're convincing me to get another one. Because the other one was like, it's okay. 
but it wasn't amazing. It was just good enough. That's right. Yeah, they were just okay. And their screens were so dim and things, you'd get a lot of days out of it, but the screen wasn't even bright or, you know, yeah. so you like, of course, you're getting a lot of days out of it. It's practically e-ink, but this one, full color, AMOLED, just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I'm excited to check this out and see if I can get like, um, I don't know, borrow yours, you know? How dare you? How <laughs> dare you? Imagine it would be so confused during the workouts. It'd be like, why is the weight so different? Is, <laughs> what happened to your what is happening? Did you get injured? Are you injured? Would come across the screen. All right, Jill, what do you got? What was one of your oh, hardware picks? Oh, boy. I set myself up for that. So this is something I showed off about a month ago. It is my Intel Arc A770 GPU with 16 gigabytes of GPU I'm jealous RAM. of it. <laughs> we just yeah. got a Jill's treasure hunt. Yeah. Like sneaky inside of this episode. <laughs> just snuck one in. Yeah. yeah. Well, unfortunately, I can't I can't show you the actual card because it's in the computer I'm using <laughs> for podcasting right now. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That shows you how good it is. <laughs> yes. So, and I've just been really enjoying the performance of the Intel Arc A770 GPU and being on team blue is nice. It's it's no longer just about AMD team red or NVIDIA team green anymore. <laughs> I love it. Every time someone says team blue or team red, I always think of red versus blue. Yeah. The Halo series. Oh, yeah. Well, the series. Halo, right? Halo? <laughs> yeah. Halo. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, Intel just has been so fantastic about updating the drivers on Linux and its potential keeps growing and its performance keeps getting better. And you can also check out Destination Linux number 344, where I actually talk about my newly upgraded pink video gaming and podcasting rig featuring my ASRock Phantom Gaming overclocked Intel Arc A770 16 gigabytes of RAM GPU and how it runs beautifully on Ubuntu 23.10. And it's still rocking Ubuntu 23.10. Nice. <laughs> And you can actually pick them up at a very reasonable f price between $300 and $400. And you ca actually can't find a better price for a 16 gigabyte GPU. <laughs> That's I know a lot of people are going to say three, dollars $400, you know, is a lot of money. And you're right. But not in the GPU world yeah, anymore. Not the that GPU. is one That's... of the cheapest GPUs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there are GPUs before. that are what, $1,500 $1, or more? $1,900 now and more. Yeah, they're, they're wow. far above that. Like the 4090s and $1,900 to $2,300 for that yeah. GPU. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so this is, this is an unbelievably good card. Here's the thing that impressed me with the Intel Arc the most. It wasn't the powerhouse I hoped. It wasn't even the median powerhouse of being, you know, in the middle of the crowd when it comes to AMD and NVIDIA. Uh, it started kind of toward the very bottom of an entry-level card, but they have put so much work into the drivers and software side, relentlessly releasing patches and improvements of this card week over week over week to the point now where not just the community like us was more niche, but all kinds of people were talking about this in the PC building gaming communities about the Intel Arc. Uh, and they believed in their product. They've continued to support their product and their fan base is growing because of it. And I love that because yes. it doesn't always happen with Intel. And I think they've I had know. to eat a lot of it, humble it, pie lately. Yeah. And this is a really good example of like going back to your roots. Yeah. And so what you're saying is that they started at the bottom and now they're here. Yeah. They started at the bottom and now they're in the middle still. They're not at the top. But I just said here. So I, I can apply it. Here is the middle. Here's the middle. Here's the middle at this point. Yeah. 
So, um, so my pick of this first pick I have actually is the Raspberry Pi Five. Good if one. you can find Yay, it. Yay, we love ours. <laughs> so the Raspberry <laughs> Pi Five. I'm going to do my Michael's Yay. treasure hunt. Yes, Ooh, I'm sorry, looky, Michael. Looky. That was all you. <laughs> no, no, no you, you, you're you're more than welcome as well. Uh, I am you're watching the your, video version. Yeah, I'm taking your it. series. He's gonna hold it up right now. Look at it. Look at it. It's beautiful. Now respect it. Now yes. respect it. All right. Yes. So this is very cool because it is a it's a it's cheap relatively speaking if you can find it and if they're in stock anyway and it is super powerful. It, it, I when I first started using it, I thought their the estimate of it being double the speed of the other one was going to be like kind of a marketing play, you know, or it's like technically speaking double. This thing I couldn't even like get to a point where it felt like it was sluggish. It did everything I needed to do. It handled everything super performant. And now, to be fair, it is running operating system that is designed for the Pi, and it's using an LXDE based system, so it's not. The most robust. I couldn't. I didn't. I didn't try to put plasma on it, which I feel like I should have now. So I maybe. Yeah, I will. that's a like, shame. No. That's really shocking, Michael. I know, right? <laughs> I, I was just happy with the out of the box experience, so I just kept the out of the box experience, and which is yeah. very rare for me. It's I left the defaults, Ryan. You're starting to be more and more like me the more we uh, do this show. Yeah. I'm learning. Yeah, it's super all creepy. My bad habits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super creepy. So it's very cool because it has multiple displays, like the output displays. So you could have two 4K displays, and it's still. And I did test this. I have two 4K displays, and it worked fine with them. And I was surprised that it was oh. as performant as it was, and it still felt like I, it was a you know good computer. So the if you can find one available. I would highly recommend getting a Raspberry Pi 5. Can I caveat the two 4K? Because I, I don't know extensive testing you did, but there's a lot of, if you're that's doing me, video dude. playback and stuff like that in 4K, that's where it starts to fail. If you're just doing normal okay. desktop stuff, right, fine. But if you're actually watching 4K content, it does start to stutter. With the two, if you go to one or 2K, two 2K monitors, it does great. So it's still super powerful. Nothing Michael said was wrong. I just want to caveat that... 4K content can be a little tricky with that. And I also want to point out something. You said what kind of extensive testing, and I was just going to say it's me. You can just take the word extensive off. So (laughs) sublime text. And I I did some testing, but not that extensive. Yeah. Now, I ran Michael AI on mine. And if you watch my video in the review, you'll see Michael AI running in the background. And if it can run Michael AI. super impressive, yeah. Yeah, it's basically, uh, you know, doing everything ChatGPT can can do. yeah. Almost. Uh, almost near that. All right. Next on my list is easily for me the Pixel Bud Pros. So I got to get new headphones for working out. And uh, when I switched ecosystems as well. So I needed something that was compatible with Android there. Uh, and I know Google is a bad name to a lot of people, um, but they offer great music in these little Pixel Bud Pros. So you know, uh, and noise cancellation. And the most important part for me is they actually stay in my ear during really intense workouts. Wow. And this is a problem for a lot of earbuds. Like a lot of them look cool. A lot of them sound good. A lot of them have noise cancellation and things, but they fall out your ear if you're doing anything like running, jogging, laying down on a bench, uh, doing any type of workout. And a lot of them don't keep a really strong charge. Uh, These do all of those things. Now they replaced my Jabra 85Ts with Jabra is one of my favorite headphones up to this point. They are still fantastic. So if you get your hands on those uh, for a much cheaper price, then consider picking them up. The only thing is the Jabra's are a little bit bigger and heavier. 
and they would tend to fall a little more, although they were still very stable in the ear and had very good sound, uh, just a little bit too bulky. But Google Bud Pros really checked the box for me in all of those areas. So you're not going to get audiophile level sound out of that. That's not what I'm looking for. This was more of a fitness slash one audio convenience that type out. of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, convenience type of thing. Good range. Awesome. Uh, always connect really fast and easily without issues. Really strong Bluetooth connection to have multiple devices connected uh, and be able to jump back and forth between them well, which frankly has not been Android's strong point for a long time. And these ones do really well. So. So uh, that's a good point. I do want to check those out. I looked and they're actually reasonably priced. I think it's like $120 right now. And if yeah. you have a Google One account, they'll give you an additional 10% discount. What? Just because. I yeah. did not know that. So huh. that's cool. And if you can, if you sign up now, there's like a temporary trial sign up on Google uh, One. So you can get sign that sign up for that, which is pretty discounted. Like it's $2.50, $2.50. And then you can get the discount and then cancel it. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm just saying it's... Man, that's anyway. like a hack. <laughs> yeah, a life hack right there. So it looks really cool. Uh, some of the colors, not a fan, but I the the black version looks yeah. very sleek and yeah. nice. So I think that that's probably the one that oh, mostly everyone will get because it actually looks good. And the price looks reasonable. So the fact that you're saying that they're this, this good, I'm very tempted. Uh, but I do... Earlier, we talked about Apple and how they're gross. So these are the Apple AirPods. And um, <laughs> and uh, they're good too. They but they're, good. The, the quality of the music is not going to be a, like audiophile like Ryan said. And that's going to be true for all of the Bluetooth style. Yeah. But the convenience factor is wonderful. It's and yeah. I also love the fact that uh, so in my apartment building, they decided to do some uh, air alarm drills, like fire alarm drills, where they had to test the stuff. It wasn't like you actually had to leave the building. It was just they're going to go off for a few minutes to test them and see if they work. And I had those, and this thing was loud. So the noise canceling of that was not enough. I then did this. And I had noise canceling again on top of that. Awesome. And Michael. Um, so you double I, noise canceled the cancellation. I love I, it. I doubles noise canceled the uh, alarm stuff going off. I still could hear it, <laughs> but it was tolerable. Yeah. Anyway, so Michael, what else? for those who are That's not another watching, life put on curious. two pairs of headphones. He put in earbuds and then put headphones on top of it for the double system. Were those Bose? I couldn't tell. If you would hold them up, I could probably name uh, them no. or Sony. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, but I need Make to sure see there's the no actual logo frame see. Here to go. guess here. All right, hold on. That's uh, Sony. Yeah, it's kind of hard to see. All right, so those ear cuffs are actually throwing me right now because they look mm -hmm. more Sennheiser or uh, Sony in there. Yeah. The way that they're so thin. I, I, I'm I'm lost. What are they? Sennheisers. Well, what do you think, Jill? Uh, I'm gonna say Sony's. <laughs> they are Sony's. Jill is better Yay. at guessing Dang headphones. It. Right. Dang it! Dang it! I knew that thin, that thin. Yeah, uh, the thin. That, that's yeah, what that gave was it. the giveaway there. Yeah. I should have stuck with so Sennheiser. Are, does it too on a couple of their brands. They do. These are actually really good because of the fact that they're pretty lightweight, and I have some other ones that are super heavy, and I hate the heaviness. But these are, and these aren't the greatest headphones I've ever used. But in terms of they're higher audio quality. So if you want an audiophile and still wireless, it's pretty good to get one of these kinds of things. That's not part of my list. I just wanted to put that out there since we're talking about it. Well, Joe, what is a part of your list? Oh, boy. My trusty Steam Deck. 
in pink, of course. <laughs> yes. That's what I love. I love the that it's original <laughs> Steam Deck. I use this on a daily basis. I mean, you know, since we got them mm. last year. <laughs> yep. I just I use it often to do my show notes for Destination Linux and test games out. We review here. How do you on do the show. show notes on the Steam Deck? Oh, I go to the Plasma Desktop. <laughs> No, I get that part, but do you type it on the on-screen keyboard or do you type it like oh, a Bluetooth oh, keyboard? I have I have a mouse and keyboard hooked up to it. I got it docked. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Because oh. otherwise, <laughs> like I couldn't individually read the screen. select. I was like, that seems super slow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be that would be insane. Yeah, the, the screen's a little too small for me to do that. You know, <laughs> even with just a mouse, external mouse and keyboard. So I have it docked on. Um, I, I have a dock in here set up with all my three monitors and then I have a dock nice. in another area. <laughs> nice. So that comes in really handy. And uh, also, you know, like I was, was saying, we're, you know, every week when we do game reviews, I always test the games on the Steam Deck. So. I mean, that's important. Yeah, you got, very our important. audience needs to know whether it works on Steam Deck or not. Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, absolutely, for sure. Because also that means... It, it probably works on Linux too. Yeah. yeah. Not always, but probably. Yeah. Probably. And Valve has just done a beautiful job and really constantly is. doing updates, listening to the community, making the changes that need to be changed, fixing the bugs. Everything is working out of the box. It's just, it's really amazing. And you can still grab this original Steam Deck with an LCD and a 256 gigabyte NVMe SSD for only $399. That's amazing because I paid quite a bit more for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it was out. Well, you know, how long have they been out now? It's over a year. Yeah, right? over a year. Yeah, over a year. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So I mean, yeah, we paid more for it, but it was worth it in the original. Oh, yeah, price. it was still and, cheap then. Yeah. We couldn't believe it. You know, the Yeah, now they have the OLED version. Yeah. Uh, that you can get out there and get which, which is a nicer screen and that. It's tempting, even though I have one and I don't need to. It's still tempting just to say I got the it, OLED version. I have that same. brighter screen. It really, yeah. it really, really is. In fact, you can get the OLED. It starts at uh, five forty nine for a five twelve gigabyte NVMe SSD, or you can even get an old sixty four gigabyte eMMC SSD Steam Deck for three forty nine while supplies last, and they were still available last I looked. Can we take a moment here though to talk about this because there has been so much competition this year trying to take Steam Deck's thunder. Yeah. And right? they have all failed. All failed. They all failed. There has been people who have been messaging <laughs> me like, oh, what do you think about this one? What do you think about that one? Oh, this one's really going to kill the Steam Deck and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the spec wise, you're absolutely right. Like what Intel's doing with Arc only, because yes. Intel hasn't been known for this with anything else. Uh, I think it's a really good use case in this episode with these two moments of what it's like for a company to release a product that's involved deeply with their community. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's the difference between the Steam Deck and when a Zeus comes out and drops one or any other random big tech company drops one, Logitech, whomever, you don't have trust that if this thing is not a major blockbuster that sells a hundred bajillion of them, yeah. that the company's going to do anything with it. And from the very start, Steam and Valve have supported this device, have released constant updates, have made it better and better and better, like Intel has done with the Arc, mm -hmm. and built a fan base off of this thing. It is not the best hardware you can get portable anymore. 
In fact, it doesn't even have the best screen, not the best storage. But because they built a community around it yeah, and they talk to the community and regularly engage with the community, people love it more than any of those other products. Do the other games machines have Steam on them? They they have Steam, but they come with Windows. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. So they, you know, okay. you can get Steam, you can install Steam, but they all boot into Windows. And I think that's another interesting that's thing. That's one of the that problems, the probably. Yeah. Is <laughs> booting into Steam OS is a different experience. It feels like the whole thing was built around this gaming, especially the way they yeah. made um, their operating system and the menu system and things. Where these other ones like is a, a Windows it's product. integrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's integrated. Like it's, yeah. The OS feels premium. It doesn't feel like they just made Steam inside of a game console. It feels like it is supposed to be there. And I mean, of course, it is. That's why they, that's why they made it. But it's a very different experience because it when you when we first had the Steam machines come out, they they didn't really work. They weren't that great of an experience. And this was everybody was not really expecting that much. We were hoping, but to have, like, it's very rare in any industry where a company announces something and then a ton of hype builds for a year and it continues to hype and hype and hype to the point where people are just completely expecting it to fall on its face, but then to that product to actually meet the hype. That's crazy. Yeah. And the fact that it still is, even like if you get the one, the OG version that you can still get that they lower the price on, you that's still a good purchase. It's still a good product. Yeah. And the fact that they're making a new version that's even better is just yeah. great to see. So, you know, like, and also the fact that Valve, like, there are people who are not fans of Valve, but they're not Linux users. I think every Linux user is a big fan of Valve. Yes. Because they yeah. have done so much for the platform. Yeah. I agree. Yep. Absolutely. It brought us next level. All right, Michael, what's your pick? So my next pick, I your couldn't choose. Pick. I couldn't choose. Pick. You have to. I couldn't choose. So <laughs> I'm going to do a little bit of a cheat. I'm going to do right. one that's just kind of like throw it, throw it aside and say, hey, this is a thing. All right. So uh, Framework Laptop is really cool. I don't own one, but I did get to try one because uh, Nate from Linux Out Loud has one and he took it with him to a bunch of Summit. So I got to play with it. It's very cool to be able to take the kind of bezel off because it's on a magnet and just like, it's just fun to play with. It's it's like a fidget toy, you know? Uh, (laughs) And also he said that, yes, he fidgets with it all the time. So... (laughs) Uh, that's, that's a cool thing. If you, if you're, if you're in the market for a new laptop or you know someone who is, and you want to gift it to them, framework laptop, you're good to go. Man, that'd be a good friend. Do you imagine having right? a friend send you like, framework? What a that's wonderful a gift. You keep. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, don't expect anything, right? So um, the, <laughs> the other thing is a uh, mechanical keyboard. It could be any yeah. mechanical keyboard. It's going to no, be better be than the ducky one. <laughs> it's going to be, gonna the, be ducky. Get the, the ducky is a good keyboard for sure. Uh, uh, I like. The, I have a Corsair keyboard. I have a Redragon, by the way. Also, it's not Red Dragon. There's only one D. It's Redragon. I so, didn't know that. Yeah, I yeah. Called it Red Dragon. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one D. So that that is another option. And the Red Redragons are pretty reasonably priced too. So they're like they're they're good keyboards. And I don't have a preference of like what specific mechanical keyboard you get. But if you've never okay. had one, get one or, or you know give to somebody. Okay, Ducky, fine, Ryan, we get it. Thank you. Ducky. So. <laughs> there are many keyboards that are worth getting uh, unless your name is Ryan then there's only Ducky. So There's only Ducky. There's Ducky so and everything else. The yeah. other thing I wanted to talk about which is just a quick 
kind of side thing right, is because right. I, when I was looking for things that I wanted to, I didn't get to get this because I just found out yesterday that this existed, but okay. I want to Proc. try it. It's also expensive. It's $500, but hold on a second. It is a, it's called the square off chessboard where you have a physical keyboard that you can play remotely with people and they can have their own physical keyboard or they can have like a computer side and then play with you and you have physical pieces on your keyboard that are moving around. And I just think that's kind of fun. Plus you can also play against an AI inside of this keyboard. So this is for chess. Yes. Play chess chess remotely with people. Like if I wanted to play you in chess, but we don't live near each other, like we really don't, then we could get these and play chess against each other. And and on a physical keyboard. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. Isn't that cool? I mean, why wouldn't I just go in the (laughs) digital? Because you got the physical pieces. Because the physical keyboard. Yeah. I mean, chessboard, the physical chessboard. You have to really be in a chess to spend $500. Yes. You have to be really into it. I just thought that this was a cool novelty thing. It is kind of cool. And if money was no object, I would get this. It is currently an object, so I'm not going to do that. But (laughs) it is really cool. (laughs) It's Michael getting closer and closer to LARPing once again. Yep, yep. He I loves that do, LARP. I do not LARP. <laughs> he LARPs every weekend, folks. Every week. <laughs> do not LARP. Then he Nothing does against LARPing if you LARP, but yeah. I, I'm just not my thing. LARPs. You know. Magic fireball. missile. Fireball. <laughs> All right. Did you say fireball? Yeah. And, and you said magic missile, so we were literally attacking each other. <laughs> we were thinking yeah. the exact same thing. Yep. Hey, Wendy, can you actually do an animation when you're editing yeah, where this? Yeah, fireball meets fireball in a magic missile. In a missile, me and Michael firing them at each other. Here. Yeah. Fireball. <laughs> <laughs> only effects, though. Just so. Yeah. It doesn't have to be good. We're not Spielberg around here. Just something. I mean, All we right. could be. Could be. Mm-hmm. Finally, uh, I have a video out there, like I mentioned of this, and one of my favorite things in that video is to highlight that I'm so proud of this year is the Fairphone 4 with EOS. And technically, this was a gift from Michael because they actually sent it to him and uh, I stole it. So, um, See, I do give you gifts. I steal them <laughs> from you. Well, you didn't steal it. I sent it to you. Have, I sent it to you. You're just like, I put send it to me. I put it in the mail physically. They gifted it to you. You gifted it to me. And then technically, I still gifted yeah. it. Even though they gifted it to me, I still gifted yeah. it. Oh, and Alexis uh, I think when you, from Marina has said, you got to send it to me next. <laughs> no, they need to just send you one, Jill. Yeah, They're not I taking know. mine. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a word with them. They need, to send, they need to send you and Michael one at this point because yeah. I think we could convert everybody over to it. Uh, listen, like when you talk it, about a game changer, privacy, security, and repairability, uh, this phone's restored uh, a lot of my faith in mankind. Yeah. Maybe I don't want to get off the planet if you listen to the last episode. Uh, after all, uh, with these things, because it's a company that actually cares about um, doing something without compromise and uh, giving you a really good quality product where you're not going to have to like, okay, I got this privacy phone, but I can't talk to any of my friends because I get this random app store that has nothing else that anybody else yeah, in my whole circle private. uses. <laughs> yeah, like that. that's usually what you're dealing with with privacy and security, but they found a way to make it so that uh, you could still utilize all the apps you love, but in a very private and secure way and the fair phone itself i mean you could pull off the back cover and replace the battery what else do i need to say it's like it's dope it's dope so those are some good gifts man y'all brought Woo-hoo. some fire gifts in there too that was awesome right i also have a secret bonus gift that ryan <laughs> doesn't even know about and Uh-oh. actually jill and ryan both have no idea that i'm about to do this okay i have a special gift 
that it's okay. actually not that expensive and anybody can get right. it. It doesn't have to be a tech person. You can get it for anybody. And there are these. You piece of junk. <laughs> How dare you? You really have Crocs. You are you are a failfish, sir. So for a those who are listening to the uh, the uh, the the video audio version only and not able to see it, these are not Crocs. Oh. These are knockoff Knock Crocs. But you can still what put giblets they're, in them. They're called Joybees. Joybees. Joybee. I'd put right. penguin gibbets in those, in the little holes. There you go. Hey. Joybees, you know, throw us a sponsorship. You might be our That's big awesome. product that we move on this show. Yeah, who knows? Are they yeah. as Don't comfortable? wear Crocs, but Joybees are cool. Are they as comfortable yeah. as Crocs or have you tried Crocs? I've never tried Crocs before and I don't expect any of the any rubber shoe to be all that comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, so embarrassing. All right. Now let's. I don't wear them hardly ever, but I mean, it doesn't. You own them. You you took your money and said, "I want that. That looks good." It's a fair point. I didn't say it looks good. I was getting them for the purpose of being able to get them wet and not care about it. That's oh, so they were for beach only. Is that what you're saying? Well, well, yes, beach or pool or that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the proper use. I feel like of a crocker. Yeah, uh, a joy bee. Joy or a Joybee. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Joybee, not Crocs. Joybees, fine. This episode of Destination Linux is sponsored by Linbit. Linbit has been keeping digital businesses running for over 20 years. They're the makers of open source products like DRBD, which is high availability software that has been part of the Linux kernel since 2010, and LinStore, industry-leading open source software-defined storage. Linbit has an active presence in the open source community and they collaborate with the community to help identify and build new features. Linbit provides enterprise-grade software that runs on a variety of platforms and OSs without vendor lock-in. What that means is, is that you could choose the software on any platform, including specific hardware that you want to use or just off-the-shelf hardware that you get and connect it. You get, all of this stuff can be interchanged really easily. And with DRBD and LinStore, you can have high-speed replicated block storage in almost any configuration, whether it's Kubernetes, Apache Cloud, or Open Nebula. There's even DRBD proxy for long-distance replication. Linbit is run by its founders to this day, and all of its engineers and developers are in-house with offices in Europe and North America, which allows them to have global 24-7 support to complement their enterprise offerings. Visit linbit.com to learn more about the people behind Linbit and the awesome software for block storage, duplication, and more. All right, so let's get into, we talked about, we we ended with Fairphone because we're not even going to pretend we ended with Joybee. Uh, we ended with Joybee. <laughs> we ended with Fairphone. And uh, that brings us into privacy and security going on with EFF. You know, EFF is a privacy-focused organization. They were at scale. I love going to their booth at scale. Yes. You can donate to this organization. They do so many incredible things for people. Um, I kind of feel like I geeked out way too much for somebody they hired to sit at the EFF booth because it was just, you know, like I just saw EFF and I was like geeking out over the fact it was EFF because I love the organization that much, you know, not that everything they do I agree with I just love their cause like I love <laughs> and their, their mission and everything yeah their mission yeah which uh, funny story I don't think I've told you Ryan 
So after you had went and talked to the EFF guy, yeah. uh, later I went and interviewed the EFF guy for some some content B-roll sort of stuff. Yeah. And uh, we talked about how uh, I told him I was from Tux Digital and he said, oh, you're the, you're the guy, you're also with that other guy who came up. He was really into EFF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. He's a nice yeah. guy. He's been doing the scales for years, and he and he always says hello to me because I'm wearing the penguin hat, and it makes him happy. That's the way to do. And it. I always donate every year to it. Scale. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> yes, like I, I, I pulled out some money, put it right there, and got an awesome hat out of the deal too because yeah. they have stuff you can buy at the booth. So if you come to Scale this year with us, you can check out the EFF booth there. But what does the EFF do? They challenge patents that suppress innovation or limit online expression. They tried to do social media reform and holding companies accountable for censorship. They protect internet infrastructure from being filtered by corporate interests alone, along with many, many other causes they've been involved with to help uh, people really go against. It's a David and Goliath organization, mm-hmm. and in, in my opinion, and they, you know, they act in the place of David there of taking on these giant mega corporations. And they recently published a proposal for a comprehensive privacy law that they're pushing forward with to help protect the community. Now, I know there are people in the community who want, who believe, because I've had conversations with them, that this is a zero regulation sum, like freedom of speech, uh, freedom of enterprise, never regulate, no laws, let it all run wild, and and it will correct itself. And I want to say Maybe in a Star Trek utopia, that would be the case. But in the current environment of things where we have corporate welfare and lots of cheating going on and bribery and buying our lawmakers and all of that, that it's just not reality. Like we need protections uh, in the form of laws, in my opinion. Um, But laws can go too far. So I understand people's concerns with that. But the concerns they want to address specifically is things like how social media algorithms are affecting children's mental health and the current mass accumulation of people's personal data. So they feel like this has gotten to the point where it's no longer, hey, let the companies try to regulate themselves. It's out of control and we need to do something to try to fix that. Uh, and also, it's, also- it's, it's insane that we have a situation where you go to these websites and they collect these data and they have a system to remove that data because they have to for GDPR and also California's law. Mm-hmm. So they have to give you an option to do it. Otherwise, it would make no sense for them to not to like specifically make it for those individuals and not in general on their tech. So they just choose to not give you the option because they don't have to. And I would love for something like this to be made to actually give us the choice to not be, you know, having our yeah. personal data collected at all at all times on every website you go to and everything you ever do on the internet. Yeah, in, in a lot of ways, a lot of the privacy settings you have now where you have companies that have a setting pop up and tell you what cookies do you want to enable right away or, or restrict and things is all thanks to California and EU's privacy laws. No thanks to any laws we have here. Uh, all of that's oh, yeah. come from elsewhere and it's benefited us, but we don't have our own laws to protect it. So technically, if they just know that the traffic's coming from the U.S., they don't have to do any of that stuff. They can just do whatever they want to your machine. And it's frustrating. Um, they also go, they want to go on to how law enforcement is using data to prosecute individuals. There are many cases 
where you know they will utilize people's security and safety as a means to remove privacy from people. And in that, they create things like geofencing, which can be very, very deceptive. So if a crime takes place in an area and you have 50 cars that are geofenced to have crossed in that area, now you're pulled into a murder investigation because they have this data that they've captured of everyone who passed by that area after something took place. And that just is extremely privacy violating, right? To know where everybody is at any time. In fact, one company recently was talking about these phone companies know who you're sleeping next to based on where your phone is sitting in the house. They know who you sleep next to at night. Like these are things that can be very, very um, dangerous for companies to have in their hands. And there's no rules. There's no law. What do you mean, Ryan? Companies have been so calm and polite to all of their customers forever, and they have never done anything egregious or to anyone at any time for the sake of getting money. That does not happen. They love us. What am I thinking? (laughs) Yeah, NC. Exactly. Uh, They want to ban behavior-based surveillance and ad targeting. So, you know, they have become very good, and this talks about manipulating children as well. Uh, heavily, but also adults here where based on times of day, based on where you're at, who you're with, based on your prior behaviors, maybe they detect you're actually depressed and you're more likely to spend your money and run up credit card debt when you're more depressed. Uh, this behavior based... And then they give you more ads to, for you to run up mm-hmm. your b- bills on your credit card. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like this is very dangerous stuff and they use it in very abusive ways. Uh, it creates a lot of depression and sadness in kids and social media. Like my kids are not going to have social media until they're like 18, I'm hoping. Probably 16, but right now I'm banking on 18. That's I'm hoping awesome. before they ever get a social media account. Yeah. And that actually was advice given to me from multiple parents. Yeah. Uh, that they did that with their kids to keep them out of social media because it's just that bad. You know, the, the predatory. Honestly, I feel like social media has gotten to the point where I don't want to be there either. Yeah. No, I, I have a very limited amount of experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the um, shows, yes. But I also like I limit my usage of social media as much as possible to specific things. Yeah. And only specific times and things like that, because it, it's basically a an endless black hole of time. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, they want to increase privacy-based social media competition by not allowing the big giant social media companies to leverage their endless personal and behavioral data to be used on its base and limit domestic and foreign spying by limiting what apps are allowed to collect. Like, I don't know about you, but I got nothing wrong with none of that. Like, I'm yeah, all on board. Good. Yeah. Sign me up. Too. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, they claim that today there are constant proposals of small steps uh, taken, you know, for different laws, like one little individual thing that they will go and tackle, um, or outright bans, like let's just ban TikTok entirely. Uh, but those either go too far or not far enough in targeting, you know, the whole uh, ecosystem of abuse yeah. that's kind of going. They're not on. trying to target fairly. They're trying to target something specific and then go either not doing anything worthwhile or they'll do something so ex- like extreme of in- banning an entire I and mean, bringing a company in the entire country based on you know whatever they whatever whim they decide it is and now i'm not saying tiktok has the has good privacy no right. not really uh, their algorithm is is a scary but the the idea of just banning an individual app rather than 
putting in the effort to do what EFF is suggesting of actually creating a system and a framework yeah. where these companies have to abide by these terms, that would be great. And I would like, I mean, the, the GDP, GDPR is not perfect, but I like for our country to like have something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Learn speaking of, of which, you, not too long ago, we did an episode on the bans that Mont- Montana is proposing for TikTok. And yeah, that's true, yeah. we felt that was going way too far to ban an individual app. And I think this is a good answer to that is creating a framework of rules that everyone has to abide by. Absolutely. Also, banning an individual app is not effective because yeah. people... Just go to another are, are one. Are inundated, <laughs> so, inundated yeah. <laughs> with YouTube cre- content creators and influencers and all that yeah. t- having sponsorship from VPNs. Just everything. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, yes. Completely nothing to do with tech of any kind. And all of a sudden, oh, this is sponsored by VPN. And like, it's yes. all the time. <laughs> it's everywhere. So they're, they're, just banning a single app is not going to stop people from using that app because they all know what a VPN is. In fact, I had a family member who has never mentioned VPNs whatsoever to me just like four or five days ago asked me, hey, what's the best VPN I should check out? So I of course obviously sent him to your video, Ryan. But the yes. yeah, but <laughs> the idea that this is becoming so prevalent that people who are not tech at all know what that know is. Know what it is, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good sign. Uh so their comprehensive law then they're proposing would effectively ban behavioral based algorithm collection, uh, minimize processing of personal data, user rights to access any data collected, edit or remove it. So if they collect it, you can say, hey. You got my data. I want it gone now. Take it off your system and they have to comply. No preemption, meaning states like California or others can enact even tougher laws if they want. So this is just a base law for all states have to follow. All apps have to follow. Uh, No pay for privacy schemes and no deceptive designs. This pay for privacy scheme caught me off guard a little bit. I got to be honest. I've been one of those people who have been um, promoted the idea of, hey, I'm willing to pay more. Yeah. If mm. you stop collecting my data. And it seemed like a really fair idea to me. When I was thinking about what EFF did here, it gave me pause because I thought, who is the most targeted, manipulated community out there constantly? Everything that passes seems to beat them down more and more and more. And that's anybody who's poor, right? Anybody who is not well off are always treated the worst. They Everything always flows downhill to them. And when you look at paying for privacy, what you're doing is essentially saying, well, I have enough money to pay for privacy, but I don't care about you. You don't deserve any privacy because you don't have any money to pay that monthly fee to take your stuff off. Um, So EFF, again, is right and kind of corrected my thoughts. also the kids who don't have jobs to get money. Yeah. Yeah. Starving students going to college. (laughs) College students are one of the most heavily targeted groups for this behavioral data collection and things in which they actually target them for, they know they don't have a lot of money. So they purposely target them for cash apps, quick cash, those type of things. And what they do is give extraordinarily terrible APRs and results at the point they know they will get these kids stuck in debt forever. And the kids are are not financial junkies. APR means annual percentage rate, which means this is how much interest you will be paying on whatever you take a loan out. And sometimes those numbers are stupid high. I've seen some of these things at like 
Now, I've, I've never been to one of those uh, cash checking places or anything, but right. I've seen like the reports of what people can do uh, from those things. And there were some interest rates that were over like 250%. Oh like, my gosh. What? Like, I've it's never insane. Seen that. That's wild. I don't yeah. doubt it, it. I've just never seen it. Yeah. Uh, there's also like yeah, financial YouTubers who do like auditing of people's credit and stuff and help them in that sort of thing. And there's been like listings of those kinds of stuff in there. And it's just, it's, it baffles me that these exist. And it, every single person who has set, had like an insanely high thing, it's because they got it during college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, I, I'm going to go out on a stretch here and ask the question, do you all agree with the position of the EFF? Because I agree with them fully. Yeah. Do you agree with what they're doing here? I think they're going a little too far. So here's here's my take. It might be a, I'm kidding. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think it's Jill? you know really so needed here in the U.S. and abroad. Yeah. There are already greater internet privacy laws in the EU and Canada, for instance, and the U.S. really needs to catch up. I'm here in California, and we have very strong <laughs> rules regarding a lot of these issues, but they could be better. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shove your privacy in your face, Jill. <laughs> Yeah, it takes a lot, Phil. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that people, I can see the comments where people will see, say there are issues in the EU's, you know, way they've addressed it. And I wouldn't disagree. There are certain issues with the EU's implementation of the law. Um, but people, we don't have to adopt it word for word. We can create our own that fixes some of the issues that we're worried about here with private some of the privacy um, and restrictions that are put in place in some of these laws. So the idea is, do we need privacy protection? Do we need a law and regulation out there broadly to regulate this as a, um, you know, across the United States? And the answer, in my opinion, is a resounding yes. And if you don't agree with that, you probably wear Joybees or Crocs. <laughs> yes. Don't don't be dis- don't be dissing the Joybees. Come on, man. Okay, yeah, but they might the. Uh, uh, you you also have probably not really considered the the issue issue of what kind of thing that you'd be uh, getting data collected on, like the the idea that you could just have you know notifications on your phone, and depending on what kind of phone you have, you could get everything be sent to your you know collected by someone uh, that you could get in d- data of like going to a doctor's appointment or something like that, and the tracking data would be given to some company or collected by some company that in itself is violating an already existing ha- uh, regulation of uh, HIPAA for, you know, details about medical information and stuff like that. So that stuff is already being done, but because they're technically doing it through your metadata of the tracking of the location and stuff like that is like, well, they're not really taking, but they are getting information because if you go to uh, multiple visits to different types of doctors, they can kind of, figure out what you have and that sort of stuff. It's a problem in many ways. And I think it's really good that they're doing it. But also I wanted to point out something that we've got news about recently. Now we already knew a little bit was there was rumor that it was happening. But for those who have never heard of 23andMe, it is a company that does these DNA testing things. And they recently revealed that they were hacked and basically lost millions of people's data and including DNA sample data. So it's a lot of information. And when it comes to some types of privacy, I feel like, 
you know, credit card information getting taken, that's a bummer because they could take your money, but only temporarily. And that you, you could kind of get it. But getting your DNA, that seems like a horrible, horrible thing for a company to lose. And I hope that 23andMe is punished for leaking all this information because they should have like the highest level of crucial security that you could possibly imagine because of the data they have. And they apparently didn't. And tens of millions of people, data is now out there. And it's not like you could change your DNA or anything. So privacy in so many different levels is very important. And hopefully this kind of thing is taken care of and so there's know. a new scam happening with these DNA sites where they people are manipulating the DNA data in some way. I don't know how the whole scam works, but essentially they're able to pretend you're able to match with them essentially in like ancestry.com or one of these things as a family member. And oh, really? then they start yeah, and then they start talking to you as like, "Oh, I'm your long-lost cousin." Hey, I need money really bad eventually, you know, as they get to know you or whatever. Oh, and you know. it's like it's like <laughs> the uh evolution of the Nigerian prince stuff. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but they, they really look I, like they're related to you because they got this fake DNA or whatever that, that I guess is just close enough. I, I don't mean, know how the whole scam works, but I was reading an article on it and I was like, man, the creativity, it never ends. It, it <laughs> makes me sad that people are that awful, but it also makes me kind of laugh and somewhat impressed that they put that much effort into being a horrible person. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> You're impressed at how much effort they put into being horrible. That's great. All right, Jill, we need something a little lighter now. I think we all support what the EFF is going for. Not yeah. that anybody we ever vote for would do anything about it because they're all bought and paid for by... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Captain Conspiracy, tell us how you really feel. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Go on, Jill. We got to gotta take out some of that negative inner energy on something virtual, right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. So do you find yourself dreaming of the day you can stand alone against hordes of endless monsters and fight for your very survival? <laughs> How did you know? Every uh, yeah. single moment of every day. Yes. Yeah. Well, if that describes you, we have a game to help you get your dream kickstarted and on its way. Our game is Striving for Light Survival. Survival is a standalone arena survival game, and it brings the exploration of procedurally generated skill trees to the arena survival roguelike genre. You get to unlock new characters, weapons, skills, and maps, slay hordes of monsters, and take take on massive boss fights. It's a lot of fun. Doesn't it sound like fun? (laughs) I enjoyed being able to get right into the gameplay quickly. You only have to select a melee weapon, select a ranged weapon, choose your skills, and choose a map, and you are off to killing insectoid monsters within a minute. (laughs) Yes, insectoid monsters, too. Yes. What is that? Starship Troopers? That reminds me of Starship Troopers. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good movie. Classic. Classic. And yeah, this this game, uh, Survival, is a really fun bullet hell with driving synth music to help you slay hordes of creatures and persistent bosses. And it works great with the keyboard and WASDA. You don't have to use a controller for it if you don't want to. And something that I really appreciate, that the developers included a middle mouse wheel zoom button 
so that <laughs> visually impaired people like me can play the game. <laughs> That's nice. That like was that. really nice because lots of the games, Michael and Ryan in this genre, don't have a zoom button. And it is almost impossible for me to play them because the characters are that too makes small. Sense. Yeah. So I was really, I could get right into this game and start playing. It was a lot of fun. And this, you know, this would really be a fun game to get in pre preparation for your new OLED Steam Deck. Mm -hmm. And speaking of Steam Deck, that you know, I, I just talked about it as a great gift idea for Christmas or for the holidays. I recently got to play with Matthews, uh, creator of Lutris's uh, limited edition OLED Steam Deck. And the OLED screen is fantastic. Um, nice. I, I got to test the Talus principle on it and it was just so beautiful. How much better is it, Jill? Oh, at least three times <laughs> better. Oh. Just the brightness, oh. Michael. the brightness See, Michael, and the clarity. You need one. We do not need one. The business is not going to buy it. Stop it. Come on, Michael. Come on. <laughs> Such a buzzkill. Yes. And, and I'm sure survival would actually look just as good on on the OLED as the Talos Principle does. And yeah, you know, th this game, it's only $4.99 on Steam. And there is also even a free demo that you can download that works on our Linux Penguins out of the box. So it's a great gift idea them. too, just a Steam gift card. It's so easy Absolutely. to give. Absolutely. That's oh, super yeah. easy to give. And yeah. in fact, Michael and, and Ryan gamer is gonna love that. <laughs> Michael and Ryan have both gifted me uh Steam gift cards for my birthday and just for hanging have. out with us. Not <laughs> yeah. even last birthday. Just for being please chill. hang out with us. Yes. So a Steam gift yeah, card. not just my birthday. It was just oh, you guys are so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> they were you know what's also sweet? <laughs> Our spotlight. Oh. Because it's about T money. Yeah, it is. It's about <laughs> the narrow. Yeah, taxes are amazing. Or money. Taxes are sweet. <laughs> money or moolah. What you used to say, yeah. moolah well, in the 70s. Good. He's good. Moolah. <laughs> so tax season is right around the corner. And if you want to close out the current year and start the new year more financially organized, we have the app for that. And yes, it's called Dinero. Dinero is a financial tracking app for personal or small businesses that lets you budget, see where your money is spent and track receipts and more. And it has a lot of really cool It features. helps you with your money. Yes, it does. Why are it's both of you become mob bosses? Because Denaro? I was doing Denaro. Is it Robert Denaro? Is that yeah, the yeah. thing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Moolah. <laughs> and so some of the features include managing multiple accounts. Um, at one time with a familiar tab interface, which is really nice. And you can easily filter transactions by group, type, or date. And you can repeat transactions such as bills that occur every month. That's very helpful. And you can transfer money from one account to another. That's awesome. And you can export an account as a CSV file and import a CSV OFX or QIF file to bulk add transactions to an account. And it's available as a flat pack at flathub.org or as a snap at snapcraft.io. Just go Very download nice. it and install it. I like it. the fact I can <laughs> transfer money from other accounts to yeah. my own. Like, so I can move money from Michael's account to That's mine. That's not right? what it means, right? Oh. That's, uh, <laughs> I thought we were all going to just pull our resources about having together your own and share. account <laughs> And then doing it to another of your own account. You know? Yeah. It's a, yeah. a little different, yeah. but... Uh, I guess I like it where won't you're be going the, there. 
tip and trick then of how to make yeah, more money. It's not going to be a tip of the week now. <laughs> but what is the tip of the week? We're going to be talking about how hey. the happy holidays of the gift giving. And I thought, what if the tip of the week was also a holiday cheer type <gasps> of thing? So Aww. you're not the Grinch. Oh, uh, this time. Not, this not, time. No. Okay. Yeah. But uh, so the tips are uh, you can have a Christmas tree in your bash or well, using bash in the terminal, which is really cool. And I'll have, we'll have a link to all of this stuff. This was called you, Martha Chris Stewart. Bash Tree. And th- then you also, <laughs> what? <laughs> Martha Stewart. You're like decorating your terminal. Like you're like the, you're like the Linux version of Martha Stewart here. You got a little Christmas tree in your terminal. Sure. You know? Why not? Okay. So the next ingredient to this Christmas recipe is the snow in the terminal option with the snow machine. I, I like the name as well. And if you would like, you can get some extensions for GNOME that allow you to make it snow on your desktop. And some of them actually are pretty cool where they only have it snowing on things that you're not actively using so you can have the effect but it not get in the way. So that's oh, pretty yeah. cool. And there also are plugins for Plasma, but I'm not sure if those are maintained yet. And I don't know if they're going to be moved to Plasma 6. So who knows? But I just want to let you know that all of these things will give you a very cheery holiday. So go free and download all of the ones that you would like. Well, provided that you have stuff that works like GNOME or not. But if you do, then check those out. We'll have links to all of these in the show notes. And I just thought it was kind of fun because, you know, I I don't get snow where I live ever. (laughs) So it'd be nice to at least pretend have snow on my desktop. desktop, (laughs) (laughs) So I can pretend to see snow sometimes. Yeah. You know, what's so ironic about this? Just two days ago, I enabled snow on my desktop (laughs) because I love it. I I turn it on every year and they even have uh, uh, the the latest release of the snow, uh, the original snow for bash. You can, you can put Santa going across (laughs) the desktop stuff it's really cool nice i have a feeling like i've never been in jill's house i have a feeling every room is full of happiness and fun there's googly eyes stuck on everything oh yeah happy picture (laughs) she said oh yes see like because you can't be that happy unless you also have an environment that's that happy like it's just and every room is themed in a different way so this is the this is the linux room where it has all the plushies and stuff like that and there's another room that's star trek themed and then there's another room that has some (laughs) i just think that every room is going to have this awesome just joyful experience where you essentially i feel like Jill's house is her own Disneyland. It yeah. is. Aww, oh, I like look that. at that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dead on. Speaking of Jill and seeing Jill, we have some exciting news to share because we're all going to scale 2024, Woo! which is scheduled for March 14th through the 17th. We get to see each other. You get to see us see each other. We'll all be there together. If you join us on March 14th through the 17th at Pasadena Convention Center in Be sure to bring your Joybees. California. Yes. Don't bring your Joybees. Definitely do not come up to our booth with Crocs. I'm going to tell you right now, (laughs) keep you out of the event. And this is where you can meet the entire DL crew, plus have all these amazing vendors, presenters. We talked about EFF being there and things. You can talk to them, hang out, donate, get some cool merch. I mean, there's so many. Jill had to ship us a separate box home of all of the stuff we collected. (laughs) So what was great is I got a a bunch, I got so much merch because I, after I did the the, R booth, I went around to other booths and said, hey, you got some merch? And they were like, yeah, sure. And they gave it to me and I got some shirts and I got some swag and I got some like plushy things and just so much. 
and I had enough room for only about half of it in my bag. So yeah, yeah. that's where Jill if, comes so in. So become prepared to get a lot of swag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a separate bag just for all the swag. Literally a, a trash bag. Yeah. <laughs> but don't not for trash, but, but yes. you need a bag. But don't confuse that, that with the actual <laughs> yeah. trash bag. You need a bag you know. as big as a trash bag. To hold so when I was a kid, we were moving. My parents decided <laughs> to quickly put their all their clothes into trash bags. Now being a young kid. I decided that I came downstairs and saw these trash bags sitting in the front door. My parents—you were going to be so them. nice and throw take care of the trash. I did. For them. Oh, I took their clothes out wow. to the trash. The trash came before my parents got home, <gasps> and all their clothes were thrown away. And that oh, is a true gosh. story. So Poor, that, that happened. That was a legit thing. Poor yeah. Ryan. Yeah. Children Aww. are so helpful. Children are so helpful. The one time I'm like, I'm going to proactively take out the trash. <laughs> yeah, the one the, time the you one tried time. to be nice is when- you were the official trash taker outer and you were just doing your good deed, yeah. you know? Right, Jill. Gosh, I wish you were parenting exactly. me. They didn't, they didn't quite see it that way, Jill. <laughs> <clears throat> so a big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Linux. However you do it, we love your faces. You can come join us in our Discord at tuxdigital.com slash Discord. And if you want to watch the show live, yes, we record this live on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central Time. You can jump in and join us with the other patrons there of Destination Linux. (laughs) And you can do that by becoming a patron at tuxdigital.com slash membership. And watching live is just one of the awesome perks you get when you become a patron. You can also get access to unedited versions of the show because if you're not here live to watch the live, you can still basically get all of that content as a patron in the unedited version. And for those that can watch live, you can join us in our patron-only post-show that happens every week after the show. And you can get all of this by going to tuxdigital.com slash membership to sign up. Plus... We have new benefits. I mean, they're relatively new. We started them like a month ago or so. But one of the things I'm really excited is that you can get special like priority with your feedback by sending us messages on Patreon. And you know, we'll we, we can do community feedback. We're not gonna basically we're we're gonna keep doing the community feedback no matter how you send it. But if you send it through that, we know you're a patron and you get a little bit higher priority to be on the show and get your question answered or you know, just tell Ryan you don't remember his name and all that sort of thing. And that won't work. That was the last <laughs> time that worked. That's the Man. last time. And also, we have ad-free versions of the show. So our episodes that are unedited are also ad-free. So if you want all of this, you can go to tuxdigital.com slash membership to sign up. Plus, if you want to support the show in other ways, you can go to tuxdigital.com slash store and pick up some awesome swag. We have t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, coasters, and just so much more, including hats like Ryan's wearing one and Jill has the DOS Geek mug and so much more at tuxdigital.com slash store. Good looking mug, man. Good looking mug. And make sure Thank to you. I did design it. I appreciate you. It is a nice mug. Actually, that's one of the nicest mugs on our website. <laughs> and make sure to check out all the amazing shows here on Tux Digital. That's right. We have an entire network of shows to fill your entire week of geeky, geeky, 
goodness, especially over the holidays. Make sure to take advantage of this. And check out This Week in Linux for your source for Linux Weekly GNU's, which is a weekly video podcast that Michael hosts, our very own Michael hosts, that takes you through all the happenings of Linux and open source each and every week. And everyone head to textdigital.com and subscribe to all our great shows. And don't forget to leave a rating on your favorite app so others can discover the power of open source and keep those penguins marching in the full Monty of Linux and open source awesome sauce. Everybody have a great week. And remember to watch This Week in Linux. You can subscribe to the podcast. Oh, that's not the thing we say. It's not, no, yeah. Remember that the journey itself is just as important as the destination. Thanks, everyone. Yay. Thank See you, you. next week. <laughs> yeah.